challenging men to be great men. Don't just be a male, be a man, a great man. Welcome to the Great Man Podcast with your host, New York Times bestselling author and leader of men, Stephen Mansfield. Gentlemen, let us begin. It's great to have you with me here on the podcast. I tell you what, I know that you're probably sitting in your home, uh, probably required by the state in some ways to quarantine. I want you to know that I'm proud of you. You're hanging in there. You're trying to love those in your life, trying to serve, trying to be good men, trying to be exemplary men. You're thinking about this thing from the way it'll you'll view it 5, 10, 15, 20 years from now. You want to be a man of character. You want to be a righteous man. You want to be a man who kept the culture of his home and loved people well and made a difference in lives. And I'm just proud of you. I'm aware that it's not that easy to be a man, just like it's not that easy to be a human being in our generation. And I'm just proud of how you're hanging in there. Love hearing from you guys who are writing me and telling me how it's going. And I just want you to know that I, I just, I'm just standing with you, praying for you, and I believe in you. All right, let's dive in. I, I normally don't, in the Great Man podcast, address media that much. I normally don't fire back at media. Uh, I think it's a vain exercise. We've got our principles. We've got our beliefs. We've got our commitments to being noble, ma'am. Not everybody's going to get it, but as we live it out, as we become the examples, as we become the exemplars of our values that we that we want to be, that we're striving to be, I think people will be one. People will see who we're trying to be. People will welcome it. It's not that we're being persecuted in any way, but right now during the coronavirus era, there is a tremendous counter assault against Christians. There's a tremendous counter assault, frankly, against religious people in general. Um, and there's an artificial tension being set up, for example, between science and evangelicalism, between government and evangelicalism. And you all know that this is largely because of a few people who've been very vocal and insisted that their churches meet anyway and have thumbed their noses at government and what have you. So we all know how we got here. But there was an article recently in the Washington Post that I really want to bring to the fore because it will allow us to explore some lessons and some principles that we want to be living out. Uh, there's a writer uh, whose name is Kristen. Let me lean a little closer so I can see it. Kristen Cobes Dumez. I hope I'm saying that right. Kristen and then Cobes, K-O-B-E-S, and then Du, D-U-M-E-Z, two different words. Um, she's the author of a book that I think the title of which will intrigue you. Uh, it's Jesus and John Wayne, How White Evangelicals Corrupted a Faith and fractured a nation. Boy, she's looking for an argument, isn't she? But the article she wrote in the Washington Post is entitled this, White Evangelical Conservatives Don't Take Virus Seriously Because They Believe in Muscular Christianity. Let me say that title again. White Evangelical Conservatives Don't Take Virus Seriously Because They Believe in Muscular Christianity. Now, in this article... Kristen takes on the men's movement that has arisen in evangelicalism and, of course, has gone well beyond that. Um, she mentions John Eldridge by name. She mentions pastors who have taken ridiculous attitudes like, you know, if you're using Purell and canceling your church services, then you just don't have any balls. And that's literally a quote from the article. Um, she's taking on essentially the Christian men's movement that is covering the world. 
and she's saying that because it's a hyper macho masculine testosterone driven movement that it ignored it was part of what it caused the president to ignore the signs of a looming coronavirus a pandemic um, that it informed many of the evangelicals who are around Trump that it caused uh, evangelicals in prominent positions not to take science seriously and then later to disobey government to push back on government and insist on having gatherings that apparently, uh, according to these people, spread the infection. Well, I certainly am open to criticism. I got to tell you that. I believe that a good man allows his critics to be the unpaid guardians of his soul. I believe you need to hear truth in the mouth of your enemies uh, if, if there's truth to be heard. And there is some truth in this article. There's no question that an artificial, fake, unbiblical, silly kind of masculinity vision of masculinity, uh, caused the pastors cited in this article to thumb their nose at government, to talk about all other uh, pastors who canceled services and quote unquote use Perel, meaning hand sanitizer, to be pansies and basically talk to, to frame this whole response to the pandemic in masculine versus feminine terms. And they meant that pejoratively. But I have to tell you that that is absolutely not the majority of the men's movement that I know. It's absolutely not the majority of the men's movement that's covering the world. Uh, It is absolutely not what we are about here. The fact is that a good man uh, is not, by the way, a man who is primarily preoccupied with being white. If you happen to be white, You're grateful that you're on the planet. You're grateful that you're a man, but you don't see whiteness as being some special status from God. You don't see whiteness as being some special status or privilege. Um, you You don't think of yourself being white as any being any more special than being black or Asian or Hispanic or whatever term, other terms of ethnicity we want to use. So I got to tell you that I don't see this anywhere in any men's movement that I'm involved in. In fact, the men's movement I'm most involved in is majority African-American. And that's because I attend the majority African-American church in D.C. Um, And by the way, I've spoken at four or five uh, Latino men's gatherings where translation had to happen with what I was saying and and where the men are on fire and doing great things. And I got to tell you, I just don't see this. I, I think this person, I think Kristen is just ill-informed. And by the way, if what I'm saying right now to you uh, about skin color and ethnicity uh, not being a matter of privilege, not being a matter of God's blessing on one ethnicity as opposed to another, if it's news to you, if you're challenged by it, if you're saying, hey, I've never heard that before, I always thought white was superior, well, then I'm glad you're listening because it's good for you to know that that's not where we stand. Go back on greatman.tv, dive into some of our podcasts, and listen to how I've addressed this through the years. I want to make sure that everybody listening to me understands where we stand, and I'm not being defensive. Kristen wasn't gunning for me, but she is gunning for the men's movement that I love, and I want to make sure that we're clear about this. Number two, good men, noble men, great men, the kind of men that we're trying to build in this movement are men who believe in science. They believe in facts. One of the things I urge men to do absolutely on the front edge of every crisis is to make sure you know situational reality. Make sure you know the reality of the situation, whether it's about your health or your money or the status of your marriage or the how your kids are doing academically and their health, et cetera, et cetera. Make sure you know the facts. A good man, a righteous man, a great man is committed to knowing the facts. He's not given to myths. 
He's not given to fantasies. He's not given to laziness. He's not using some smear of understanding, some silly, highfalutin, cloudy, mystical kind of thinking to keep him from knowing the facts. You want to know the absolute facts about everything in your life as best you can, because that's where you learn. That's how you learn what needs to come next. So, The kind of manhood we're talking about here uh, is not trying to escape facts. It's trying desperately to learn the facts. A good man is sitting in the parent-teacher conferences when it comes to his kids' academic well-being. A good man is making sure that everybody's getting a health check in his family, and that every year. And him in particular, since most men in the homes are the primary breadwinners for those homes. That's still statistically true in our country, and so there's no bigotry against women to say that in our home, my wife and I both earn and I value what she does. And she, she's amazing. And many of you have wives of the same kind. We don't disbelieve in that. We believe it's true. Statistically though, if a man is in the home, he's primary breadwinner. That's just statistically the majority of the case in the U S. So all of that to say that we want to know the facts. We want to take care of ourselves. We're not hiding from science. And by the way, throughout history, um, a biblical worldview Uh, actually contributed to science. And the reason was that in some ancient pagan cultures, you didn't believe in a worldview that was in a world that was stable enough uh, in which science could function. You believe that nature was run by gods and spirits inhabited trees and and other natural features. And and it was spirits that determined things. So you couldn't have had a scientific approach to things. It was when Christianity came along, Judeo-Christianity, and then later, of course, Islam as well, which had made tremendous contributions to to, um, science. Uh, When all of these, these three religions came along and said, the world is run by a God, it's created by God, but it runs according to certain laws. And it's now the privilege of men to figure out what those laws are. So we're not, there's nothing about evangelicalism. uh, There's nothing about Christianity. There's nothing about uh, any of the philosophy that we're teaching men that is anti-facts. In fact, we would say that a man who's running from the facts is the pansy. (laughs) It's the man who's trying to escape the facts and the truth and reality, who is the pansy. And, and then finally, I want to say in response to this article that got huge national attention, uh, and thank you, Ben, for bringing this to the to the fore. One of our one of our team members brought this to the fore. Ben Richardson, I really appreciate you bringing this to my attention. But one of the things we need to really uh, pay attention to here is there's nothing about manhood, the righteous, great kind of manhood that we're talking about here that blusters, just bulls their way through a situation uh, without deciding a wise course. Nobody was standing there telling Donald Trump that a godly man just blows past the facts and just insists on his own way and just uses a testosterone-driven kind of bluster to get through a situation. Not at all. So what Kristen has done is she's named a few people who are misbehaving and speaking out and making no sense, but she is not in touch with the majority of what's going on in religion as a whole, but certainly in the evangelicalism that she criticizes. We believe in science. We believe in facts. We believe in character. We don't believe in white privilege or any other ethnicity of privilege. We see all men and women as created in the image of God, and we want all to thrive and to prosper. And we believe that a good man makes good plans, anticipating trouble as well as blessing to prepare for the challenges of this world. And you don't just blow past them with bluster, and you don't let people die because you're too uh, John Wayne driven, as Kristen would say, uh, in order to 
uh, to, to be able to help people and to make wise plans. We don't want our grandparents dying. We don't want our children dying. Uh, we don't want people in other cities and other countries dying. We, we, we're, not, we're not stupid. We're people of science. We're people of learning. We're people of growth. The main thing we are saying is that our overly domestic lives and this generation have made men who have lost a sense of who they are, lost a sense of the contributions they can make, lost a sense of the male community that they need in their time to become good and strong men. And in many of them, through wounds and damage and lack of fathering, have lost a grip on what noble masculinity is. And as I often say, if our movement came to full fruition, if our movement produced all the men it's meant to produce and produce them fully, I'll tell you what, it's the women and the children of the world who would be celebrating the loudest because their lives would be better. Abuse would stop, strong male leadership, strong male provision, uh, strong fathering would result in the world, etc. Women would be loved well and also help be launched to whatever God's made them to be. You understand what I'm saying. I believe that that rather than being a thing of derision in the Washington Post, that the men's movement that I'm part of allowed to go to full fruition would be a blessing to the world. So I'm not being defensive because I think that Kristen has somehow taken a shot at me. Uh, it's She's simply taken an unfair shot at a movement I love and that we desperately need right now. Look where we are in the middle of the coronavirus crisis. We need noble men. We need men to be exemplars. We need men to be the culture keepers in their homes. We need men to put their arms around terrified children. We need men to love women well. We need men to provide. We men need men to stand defense where defense is necessary. And I don't mean that in some skinhead militia way. I just simply mean stand defense spiritually, emotionally, yes, physically if necessary, certainly financially, certainly in terms of health, all of those things. Stand defense and to lead well, and to be the godly men they're called to be. We'll all benefit by that. And I, I'm upset with the Washington Post, with which I have some connection and plan to make, let them know that to have that article come out uh, a week and a half before Easter was just unconscionable. To attack the very kind of people we need at this time in our country is just unconscionable. And by the way, the article was filled with errors. Okay, that's my literary pride speaking. <laughs> <laughs> the main thing I'm trying to say here is, guys, let's know how to give a reason for what we're doing. Let's know how to answer our critics. Let's do it with a smile and a laugh, but let's do it and let's do it fiercely. And let's let our best answers, let's let our best responses be the lives that we live. Hang in there. We're going to get through this. There are great days ahead. We're going to be better on the other side of this thing. To join the Great Man Community, or to book Stephen to speak at your men's event, go to greatman.tv. You'll learn about Stephen Mansfield's two essential books for men, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men and Building Your Band of Brothers, as well as some other great resources for helping you become the great man you are made to be. The Great Man Podcast is a Mansfield Group production.